everyone. Welcome to episode 23 of Kip on Learning. I'm your host, Dave Levin, and with each episode, we'll be sharing insights, inspiration, and challenges from across the Kip network. It's mid-April, so we know what that means. To all the students out there who are about to graduate college, congrats. And here at Kip, this year is even more special because it's the first time recipients of Kip's Goldberg Scholarship will be among those walking across the stage. The Dave Goldberg Scholars Program honors the remarkable life and legacy of Dave Goldberg by providing exceptional KIPP graduates with financial support and mentorship throughout their college years. This annual scholarship is focused on assisting a new generation of diverse alumni become the leaders of tomorrow. This month, I am honored to talk with Andrea Tecpoyoto, a Goldberg Scholar who is a senior at the University of San Diego and an alum of KIPP San Diego. An activist, Andrea has spent considerable time advocating for DREAMers nationwide. She found her passion for activism when she advocated for the DREAM Act in Washington, D.C. During Andrea's time there, she met with Congress to push for legislation that would provide a permanent solution to protect the DREAMers. Andrea's ultimate goal is to open a nonprofit organization that helps immigrants and the undocumented community. I'm so excited to learn more about her incredible journey and her experience in the Goldberg Scholars Program Welcome, Andrea. Thank you, Dave, for providing this opportunity. I'm super excited to be here. So take us back a little bit, Andrea. You know, I know you're thinking college graduation, but let's go back to like senior year in high school and you find out that you're a Goldberg Scholar. Like, how did you feel? Like, what did it mean? And what were you thinking at the time? I think senior year was an incredible, exciting time for me, especially because as a undocumented student, getting to be a senior was something that I was really excited about. There was, of course, a lot of barriers getting there because when you're undocumented, there's a different way to go about applying for college. I don't have the same support in the sense of like qualifying for FAFSA, and it actually varies within different states. So I qualified for the California Dream Act, but I think really knowing that I was going to be a Goldberg Scholar and that I was going to get support throughout my college journey was really exciting. I still remember getting the news from my mentor and she was like, hey, like I have to tell you something. And I was like, oh, what what happened? And she's like, you got accepted to the Goldberg Scholarship Program. And actually we ended up going to like the news. So that was really exciting. Of course, my family and I were over the moon about being the first in my family to go to college and that it was basically starting to be a dream come true for us and my family. So it was a really exciting time. So, well, congrats again. I mean, I know you're on to new adventures now. So, and it must've been challenging as an undocumented student to then make that transition. What was your transition to college like? Like what was, what if anything was easy for you and what were the hard parts? Yeah, I think some of the hardest parts were the fact that I was navigating a new institution, not knowing where I fit it in specifically because I am at a predominantly white institution and being a student of color, but then also being undocumented, put another barrier on top. And it was difficult because I was trying to find a space for myself where I felt like seen and heard. And so that meant really like getting involved with different organizations on campus. And I think also picking a major that 
you know, specifically spoke to my community, the issues that they faced and things like that was really helpful for me. I think the easy part came when I found that support group. But I think overall, I'm tremendously grateful because really it was from the KIPP through college program when I had graduated from KIPP that I really received all of the information and I had a mentor that was like guiding me and really provided an outline. She actually was an alum from USD. And so she brought me to campus and she showed me all the different professors she wanted me to take and how to navigate USD because she was also a woman of color navigating a predominantly white institution. And so I would say definitely finding that space where you feel seen and heard navigating an predominantly white institution is really helpful as well as finding your own community and finding those places where you need to go when things get hard because college is hard you know it's it's a space where it's not meant for a lot of students of color like myself and even more so when you're undocumented because there's a lot of other barriers involved well i mean you read my mind because my next question was actually about advice that you might give to high school seniors and you touched on a lot of it is there other advice that you might have for you know, high school seniors, other young women of color, other undocumented students who might be going to any institution, predominantly white institutions, what would you say to them? I think my first advice would be to make sure they use the resources that they have. Specifically, I think because we have a KIPP network to use that community, to talk to your advisors from your KIPP through college program, because I think really that's what really helped me when I did not know how to navigate my own institution my freshman year, they were really the ones that I went back to all the time to be like, hey, I need help with filling up my scholarship. Hey, next year I have to submit my California Dream Act or I need to, for example, fill out an appeal letter and I don't know what that looks like. Can you help me? And so they were really the ones to provide that guidance. And then another thing that I would say is definitely to to find a space on campus where where you feel seen, where you feel heard, where you feel like you have a sense of community. And I think for me, thankfully, I picked a small school, but I can't imagine what it would be like to be in an enormously big school and then to on top of that be undocumented. And so I would really say to to find if your school has a undocumented resource center or any resources specifically for undocumented or documented students to go there, because I think that that could be really, really helpful throughout your four years in the university. And also to enjoy your time, enjoy your time because it goes by so fast. I definitely can't believe how fast it went. And it's crazy because it's so close to May now. I know. I mean, one month, you know, you're probably getting, you know, thinking about graduation and tickets and all, you know, but so there's a lot there to to unpack. So you said two things I want to go back to a little bit of it, which is some of the extracurriculars that you were really passionate about. And also you don't hear as many people light up, like see you, you lit up when you talked about your major. So why don't you say a little bit more about both your major and why it meant so much to you and as well as like the impact that the extracurriculars had on you. Yeah, so I'm double majoring in sociology and ethnic studies with a minor in Spanish. I particularly chose. Wait, 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 wait hold on. D- d- isn't that a triple major then? Like, if you're. <laughs> say, say it one more time. <laughs> no, so it's, 
So it's a double major in sociology and ethnic studies. And then I just have a minor in Spanish. Okay. All right. Yeah. But yeah, I think that I was really excited because my freshman year, they, the University of San Diego, you actually have to take specific classes that they just assign to you. You actually don't get to pick your classes your freshman year. They pick them for you. And so my first class that I was assigned was sociology 101 and then ethnic studies 101. Those were two of my classes that, that I had for that semester. And I think I fell in love because it really spoke. We were reading like articles and like literature of, you know, Latina women, people of color, students of color. I was sitting in a place in a classroom where there were students that looked like me because I think there was a lot of other classrooms that fresh my freshman year where I was not seen and there weren't other students that looked like myself. And I, I think that was hard. So I think having that space and going into a classroom where you felt comfortable, where you felt like you were going to be able to read history that you had never heard about before was really mind-blowing to me. And I think my professors, my professors were super involved. They weren't just, you know, teaching. They were doing things outside in the community. I grew up in San Diego and I am attending the University of San Diego. So a lot of my ethnic studies professors are doing a lot of work around the community that I actually came from. And that was super powerful to me. And I felt that that was really what I wanted to do. I really wanted to be in a major where I felt like I could be myself and that I could continue to hear the stories of my community and other issues that other people of color are facing. It just speaks to the power of like when people's experiences are centered in their learning, just the impact that it has. Right. And it's something that, you know, we are working really hard to make sure that, you know, our students who are in our middle schools and our elementary schools and our high schools, they don't have to wait to college to have their experiences, you know, centered. So it's really inspiring to hear you talk about it. And so also, you know, everyone in the Goldberg Scholars was partnered with a mentor. And you had a pretty incredible mentor right here. And so who was your, you know, who is, right? Because I guess they're still your mentor. And, you know, talk to us a little bit about what that relationship meant to you. What did you learn from them? Yeah, so my mentor is the CEO of Illumina. His name is Francis de Sosa. I was incredibly thankful for his support throughout my years here in college. I think I always look forward to getting a call from him, honestly, just to catch up and to see how I was doing every time. It seemed like time went even faster because we started our conversations as a freshman. And now I'm a senior about to graduate. I think something I always appreciated from him was that he always took the time to make sure that I was doing well. You know, he checked in on like what was going on around my academics, but he also knew that I was an undocumented student. And he always, you know, although that is not part of his identity, I think that he was really well on making sure that I knew that I had his support and that he would try to find ways to help me whenever he could around that. And it was just really awesome to know that someone was there for you like that, because I know that he's super busy, but he always took the time to make sure that I was doing fine, that we checked in if it had been a little while and that 
he made sure also that I felt supported in whatever I needed throughout my college journey. And I really appreciated that support because knowing that you have various people to go to in college when you need that support, I think is really important. It certainly was for me as well. When I had my mentor, you know, she had such a profound impact on me, both in college and in the time afterwards. But you've been doing a lot outside of college already. You've been very active in advocating both locally and also in Washington, D.C. And so talk to us a little bit of what sparked your passion for advocacy and how was your experience entering on the Hill advocating for dreamers? Yeah, well, I think my passion definitely comes from having that identity being undocumented. I think that I years ago, I never thought about you know, sharing that I was undocumented publicly because it was such a big fear that I had. It was something that I didn't want to talk about. And I think really what sparked that passion to really start sharing my story and really start talking about it was really in 2017 when Trump was going to rescind DACA. And I had only had DACA for like two years. And it meant that, you know, I was going to be able to attend college without any issues that I no longer had to fear deportation temporarily, right? Because it's only temporarily, but that I was going to be able to kind of be free, right? To be able to talk about it without being scared of something happening to myself because I was saying something, because I was sharing my story. So I think that really was what helped me talk about, you know, my journey as an undocumented student. And I think also seeing the ways that my own community faced a lot of different issues, but one of them being targeted by like ICE and immigration officials. I think that really hit home when I saw families and people that I knew or that I had heard of being deported. I think that really was hurtful. It really hurt to see people that I knew being deported. And I thought that the only way that I could really help was to get involved and to start talking about something that is usually not talked about. Because I think even sometimes the news can really not share, you know, the realities of undocumented communities and really all the work that they do, but also their own like resistance in this country. And so I think that really sparked the passion for me, both here in college, getting involved. For example, I supported our undocumented and documented students on campus my entire four years. And I've seen the way that that group has grown. But also, I think something that was really amazing was when I went to Capitol Hill and I was able to share my story. And it it was actually the first time I had ever gone on a flight. It was with Kip. And it was a day like at the Hill. And I will always remember that being with such a huge amount of alumni that were undocumented and that had DACA, along with seeing a network of like support for you in like throughout the Kip Foundation was really powerful. And I think that's really when I realized how big Kip was. Because here in San Diego, it's just one kid, right? One kid school, but going to the Hill and seeing, you know, the different teachers from across the country come together to advocate 
for your for students like myself was really impacting. And I think really just continuing to know that there's more students like myself that are going to start navigating higher education, but that are also facing a lot of other issues within their own identities has also sparked that passion for me to continue to be an advocate for undocumented and documented communities. I don't think goosebumps are going to come through on the audio, but, uh, you know, thank you for sharing all of that. You know, I can only imagine the courage. I mean, I can only imagine the courage it takes to share today, let alone the bravery it took the first time you decided to share and the risks you were taking on. So thank you so much. And I remember that day, like, you know, being there. And I also was struck by just how many undocumented, you know, students were there and just, you know, I think so many of them shared a similar, like it was, there was sort of just seeing others, there was like the shared journey, a sense of shared struggle that you weren't alone, even though, you know, one of the things that I remember so powerful that another alum shared with me was how much he did feel alone on this journey previously. So thank you. I'm sure many of the students that you meant, you know, that you mentored in college probably felt that way. So thank you. So you know, you can't kind of graduate from college without being asked, but I'm going to try to take a, you know, about like the future. It's like one of those things, you know, do they still call it commencement? Like as if like, as if life hasn't commenced before, like all of a sudden. So like if you had a crystal ball and you were like, okay, Andrea at 30 or 35, like, what are you hoping for, for yourself? I think thinking about the future is gets me excited right but i think i wouldn't be as honest if i said that it's also scary to think about the future for myself because i'm in a position where i'm super excited that i'm going to graduate but i'm also really nervous because at the same time that means that i'm going to graduate with my degrees and everything but that means that i don't know what's going to continue to happen i don't know if i'm going to keep being able to have the opportunity to renew my DACA permit, right? And because that provides, you know, a social security number, the permission to work in the United States, I think it's, especially right now, I think it's a a little overwhelming. I am still hopeful. I think about, you know, for so long, I was undocumented. I didn't even have DACA and I I was able to get here, right? So I'm just thinking about that and trying to recognize that I've already, you know, gone through a long journey so far with all the obstacles that I faced. But I'm also nervous because I don't know exactly what the future will look like. I think I'm hopeful. I've always been hopeful. I really hope that something permanent will happen, not only for myself and for you know, the students, but also for my family who is undocumented. I I have a hope for them that they too will be able to experience, you know, this small piece of joy that I've been able to have with DACA because it's been small in the sense of it's only temporary. I can't, you know, predict what's going to happen next. And I kind of have to be okay with really not knowing What's going to happen? I think in a perfect world, I would 
love to be able to open my own nonprofit organization and support the undocumented community here in San Diego. I think that would be a dream come true. But I think for now, I'm looking into getting into working with different organizations that are already doing the work for undocumented communities and other marginalized communities. But I'm excited. I'm excited about graduating, but I, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm really nervous. I'm really nervous and scared. And I think it feels different, right, to, to be graduating and not know what's going to happen after two years. And I think partly that was why I decided that I would end up, you know, getting a job other than going to grad school because I need to be able to support myself and to be me be able to give back to my mother who has done everything for me and for my sister but the reality is that there's you know a lot of hope but also a lot of fear with thinking about what it's going to look like all for me i mean again andrea i mean just the bravery it takes to share sort of the full array of emotions that you're feeling is really incredible and so thank you for doing that i mean i can only hope that you know Congress listens to you, <laughs> that they hear this. I mean, I know we collectively are working very hard, you know, to, to ensure that these protections are, are permanent, made permanent. And just to hear the uncertainty and fear that this creates and the sort of impact that I think people don't understand it has on the day-to-day choices that you are making, right? To share that, well, I might have chosen this, but I can't because I don't know what to, you know, that is something that you're... And so many of your peers don't, that, that's just not in their, they don't have to, it is, it is a privilege that they have that they don't even know that they have. So I hope more and more people listen. And I hope if there are things you, you know, think that, uh, you know, we should be doing more of it, whether at KIPP or beyond, I hope you let us know. Cause, you know, this is, this is probably one of the most important issues that, that to us, cause we just, you know, there are just so many, of our students and alumni and families who are impacted. And so, again, thank you, Andrea, for just be willing to join us today and to share all of this and the, and the courage it takes, you know, both to share, but also to just, you know, to be able to be hopeful in the face of those challenges is, is really, 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 really special. So thank you. No, thank you. I, I appreciate this time and being able to share this because I think, like you said, a lot of people don't know, right? They don't know that there is other students like myself because there's a lot more, right? Some that do have DACA, some that were completely left out from receiving DACA and that have additional barriers. And I think having these spaces to talk about that is important. And I think when I heard about the opportunity, I was incredibly excited because KIPP has done so much for me. The Goldberg Scholarship Program has done so much for me that I think this is the least I could do, you know, share, share about the amazing things and the amazing support that I have received from KIPP and from the Goldberg Scholarship Program. So thank you so much for providing this opportunity. All the thanks is to you. So thank you, Andrea. Thanks for listening to the KIPP on Learning podcast. If you like what you hear, Please subscribe to get alerts about new episodes and visit kip.org for job opportunities and information about our schools. We'll be back soon with even more inspiration and insights from our community.